This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here you go. Here you go. Nailed. The nothing personal word of the day that I've been waiting for. Nailed. As in, he got nailed. Who am I talking about on a random Friday in the middle of August 2020? There's a player for the Seattle Seahawks who was just waived, as in released, yesterday. His name is Kima Sivaran, but who cares? He was waived. He's a rookie cornerback. Who cares? He was waived because earlier this week, he got caught sneaking a woman into the Seahawks bubble team hotel. So the Seahawks catch him sneaking someone in. They then release him. And here's the best part of the story before we talk about what happened and what I would do in that situation. He dressed her up in Seahawks garb trying to pat this can't be true. I'm not going with this. I changed my mind. I'm not going with the fact that there are reports that this player tried to pass off this woman as a player for the Seahawks by putting her in Seahawks garb. What did she have? Shoulder pads and a helmet? Did she have the, the eye patches to get rid of the sunlight? The knee pads, the hip pads? Did she have the neck Otis Sistrunk Gene Upshaw neck protector? The mouth guard? Come on, man. He's released. Now, what if Russell Wilson had snuck in someone into the bubble? Would he get released? Or did they just release him because he stunk? I told you, you guys know that it's a tough position. If you're going to be consistent, if you're going to catch someone, you've got to punish them as though they were the starter or whether they are the 50th man on your roster. But is he the only person who has snuck someone into a team hotel in the NFL? Of course not. He's just the first person who has gotten caught so far. So here's how the conversation must have gone when they called him into the office. Because you can deny that you've got side beef coming into the bubble all you want. And players will deny that left, right, and center. But with all of the cameras now, it's really much harder to deny when they've got a camera, not just of this woman coming into the hotel, but coming off the elevator, going down the hallway, knocking on the door, getting let into the door that happens to be assigned to you as a player. There's a lot more direct evidence these days than what used to exist back in the old days where seeking people in the hotels was a whole lot easier, not really a big sport, not a big deal, and it was what it was. But these days, it requires a whole new level of chicanery that requires a amazing premeditation, quite a bit of nefarious forethought, and then it still doesn't work. I wonder if you're a fringe player, you just say, whatever. 
No, I think it's the opposite. I think if you're a fringe player, you'd want to behave more because by definition, you're a fringe player who, if you get caught, you know you're going to get sacrificed. Whereas if you're a star player on a long-term deal with a lot of guaranteed money left, why would you not risk breaking the rules in this way? Because there's no way that you're going to get released, maybe just a little punished. So Kima Sivaran got completely nailed and I'm picturing Pete Carroll, who's the coach of the Seahawks, and how he would react to this. And I think that he would shake his head. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing. I'm shaking my head in a, in a way that is full of contempt and uh, that is full of, of knowledgeable disbelief, meaning that sounds like an oxymoron, right? No, knowledgeable disbelief is not an oxymoron because you can both be knowledgeable and be in a state of disbelief. So Pete Carroll would be knowledgeable that this kind of thing is going to happen, but in disbelief that he has to actually meet with a player and release a player for being caught sneaking someone in to the team hotel. Then, of course, it becomes a huge story because is this a COVID situation? Is this a marital situation? Is this a focus situation? What is the exact reason for the release? Is it an example of yet three strikes and you're out in terms of bad behavior? So I'd like to believe it's a COVID situation where they don't want anyone coming into the hotel. That's sort of a rule. But the way the bubble's working and the way these team hotels are working, the players are allowed to leave their rooms to go to the lobby to pick up food that's being dropped off as long as you tell the compliance officer in baseball. So in theory, there's security people in the lobby of the Seattle hotel. And this guy, Kim, is allowed to go down to the lobby and pick up, you know, Hooters that's being delivered, isn't he? So the delivery person, I guess there's a small chance if you're wearing a mask and the delivery person's wearing a mask, that there's going to be any sort of COVID issue. But if the Hooters person came into your room, let's say the delivery person, and stayed while you ate the buffalo spicy wings with blue cheese sauce on the side and then maybe stayed for dessert, that then you'd have an opportunity to have COVID spread. And then they're testing, though, every day. So you test positive, but from a contact tracing standpoint, they'd have to isolate many players on the team. Oh, I think I get it. I think that's the reason. That's why they don't want visitors in the room is not because they think that it's immoral or illogical or almost guaranteed, but they believe that it's the best chance to stop anyone from catching COVID. Okay. So from a player's perspective, they're saying, I want to be selfless. I want to be healthy for the team. I want to do what's right. But listen, look who I've got coming over. What are you going to do? This is not an example of a player going out on the town. This is not what happened with the Cleveland Indians or with many other teams who've had players who have gone out, whether it's the Cardinals or the Marlins or anybody. This is ordering room service, if you will, which in theory is allowed. I think we're going to have to have a change here in some of the health and protocol rules because if any more players get nailed, hmm, I wonder what could be the result of that. Nothing personal word of the day. It's nailed. All right, Zach, please, Zach, we got to revisit this because something happened after yesterday. I think we talked about it yesterday, Coca, didn't we? That Zach, please, is a pitcher for the Indians who got in trouble because he went out with his teammate, Mike Clevenger, and then was sent home and Clevenger missed a start against the Cubs, but 
please Zach may not miss a start. They're both on the restricted list. They're both being quarantined and tested. And then his own teammates called out his behavior. It was Lindor and it was Adam Plutko. I think we went through that one day this week. I don't remember when. Well, yesterday evening, Zach, please Zach decided he'd had enough. And I love it when players decide they've had enough because that's when you get great content. So he decided that he was going to record an Video straight to Instagram, I believe. It may have been on Tic Tac, I'm not sure, where he was going to do a mea culpa. He was going to apologize for his behavior. So all of a sudden, he releases a video, and lo and behold, he's now in it deeper than he was before he did the video. It's as though he watched Jim Crane apologize for the sign stealing scandal and thought, wow, that's really good. I'm going to model my behavior after that apology because I think that resonates. I'm going to see if I can hire that PR firm because in a crisis, the Astros really got themselves out of trouble. So please act, press his play on a video. He's driving. So let's just start with that as the GM or president of a team watching this video get released, that this is one of your best young pitchers, and he's driving while looking in the camera, which is not a front-mounted camera, might I add. So he's looking away from the road, talking into the camera. There's some questions to whether or not he was wearing a seatbelt. I'm not going to say either way. If he's dumb enough to not wear a seatbelt, then the Indians better be smart enough not to sign him long-term. By the way, Coca, I didn't even check that. Police Act should not be signed. Was he signed to a pre-arb deal long-term? I know that's all the rage. I don't recall ever seeing that. Um, we've done a couple of shows today, so there's a chance that Coca is not with me. Um, can you hear me, Matt? Anybody? I'm a rocket man sitting out in space out here alone, running out of fuel and things to say because I'm a rocket man. All right, whatever, I'm moving on. Whether Zach Please Zach's been signed or not is not relevant. So he presses play on Instagram, and he starts apologizing, I thought. But no, he's not apologizing. By the way, Coca's back. He just whispered, he's not been signed. Coca, I'm past it. You totally missed it. It's done. I've moved on. He looks in the camera. And all of a sudden, he goes off on the media, blaming the media for criticizing his behavior, blaming the outrageous response and the anger and hatred that has befallen him on the media and on the misunderstanding, saying that he followed all the protocols. I am guilty only of breaking curfew. By the way, every player breaks curfew. No one cares. Do you actually think, this is funny, someone once asked me this. I was uh, giving a speech somewhere, and after the speech, I try to stay around and answer some questions, but I always have an exit strategy, but I try to answer as many as I can. And uh, someone asked me about curfew and about whether or not I had ever tried to enforce curfew of a team on the road or even install a curfew. And the answer is our team rules do have a curfew on the road and there is zero, zero accountability for that rule. And the reason why we keep the rule in there is eyewash. 
And I don't want the players to misunderstand that some rules are very important. Some rules are not. So I'll actually tell the players before a season, listen, here's the road curfew, but you're a grown man. Do what you want. I'm not knocking on your door, but you better be ready to play and you better not get arrested and you better not drive drunk. So I was asked, do you ever knock on doors? Of course not. There's no way if, if you didn't ask Zach Plezak whether he had broken curfew, uh, he, no one would have known is my point. No one cares. So he acknowledged that he broke curfew and that was a big, that was the big rule breaker. He said, everything else I followed CDC guidelines. I was always with eight people or fewer. We went over to someone's house and we social distance at the house and uh, we did everything by the book. So my question is, if that's true, then what's all the fuss and commotion about? So if I'm running a baseball team and I find out that a player has spent time with another player or with friends in a responsible mask wearing environment, where is the rule against that? Where does it say in the protocols? It is encouraged to stay in your room on the road. That's right. But is it demanded? Is it required? So I'm just curious if he had gone to a restaurant, not worn a mask and been in a group of crowded people, if he had gone to a concert, I'm just trying to draw a difference between what we're asking of players who are not in a bubble versus what we're asking of players who are in a bubble. Because in Disney World with the NBA players, it's a very simple rule. Everything's good inside the bubble. You step outside the bubble, you're out of it, you're dirty, and you have to get cleaned up in a 10-day, 4-day, 5-day quarantine when you come back. Baseball has chosen not to do a bubble. Therefore, they cannot expect that players will not leave their homes and hotels. Let me ask you this. When you're at home, are you not allowed to go grocery shopping? Are you not allowed to go to, go to a friend's house for dinner? I'm just spitballing here. I'm trying to make sure I understand what the consequences are of behavior in one place versus another. And given all this, where was Zach Plezak's agent explaining that there would be a far better way to gain public trust and sway public opinion and potentially even, now this is a reach, potentially even curry public favor by not going after the very people who were reporting what you did? It's a life lesson here. And the life lesson is this. Sometimes the cover-up is worse than the crime. Sometimes the second act is the one that's punished. Have you ever been involved in a playground tussle and you are responding to being shoved and you're the one who gets detention? Have you ever been involved in an argument and all that someone hears is your part and you are deemed to be inappropriate or you get in trouble, but you were actually responding to someone arguing toward you? That's called the second actor issue. The second actor issue is when either the second person involved or the second action that you take as an individual person makes what happened in the beginning even worse. And that's what Zach Plezak is guilty of. So for me, I didn't find his action to be so bad to begin with. 
I found his second action to be disgraceful. You cannot fight with people who buy ink by the barrel. That is a cardinal rule when you are in the sports world. It's a cardinal rule when you are in the business world. That is an expression that refers to media before the internet, Google, when you would have uh, newspapers who would actually be ink. They'd be Newspapers used to be actually printed with ink, and that's how you'd get your news. And all you had to do was take a newspaper and dodge all the pterodactyls and the, um, all the other animals, Jurassic Park animals that were there. Why I can only think of pterodactyl right now was funny. The velociraptors. And what's the name of the big one? The, uh, the veggisaur, um, the vegisaurus and the Carnosaurus. So back in those days, the newspapers had ink. And what we would always tell our players and what I would tell other people in our industry and what I've always told people it always is, you don't fight with the media because you're not going to win because they buy ink by the barrel, meaning they'll always get the last word. And now that I'm on the other side, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that any longer. Because... In the media, we always are commenting on what other people are doing, but then they can re-comment, but then we can re-comment, but then they can re-re-re-comment, and their platform, which in the beginning of time, when that ink in the barrel statement started, their platform was dependent on column inches, was dependent on members in the media. This day and age, every player is in the media. Every player has a platform they can use that is just as big, if not bigger, as our media platform. So the old adage, don't get into a fight with the media, I think is going away. But it's being replaced by a new adage, which is don't be a dumbass. So when you have your platform and you know that you've got a situation that you've got to deal with, live by this simple rule. It is far better, this is an expression, who said this, Coca? Do you, do you know what I'm going to say? It's far better to close your mouth and be thought of a fool than to open your mouth and have there be no question. So somebody had, has that quote. I want to say it could be Benjamin Franklin. It could be Alexander Hamilton. It could be Aaron Burr. It could be George Washington. It's definitely not me or Matt Coca. And he is saying it's Mark Twain. Thank you. So the, the quote says, and it's really amazing. It's hundreds of years old, I would imagine. And it's more pertinent today than ever. And it's more pertinent because what players are doing more and more often and executives are doing more and more often is they're using their platform, thinking they're making a situation better and they're actually making it worse. So Zach, please, Zach, here's a word to the wise. Turn your Instagram off, put on your seatbelt, Go into your clubhouse and talk to your teammates. Don't do it through social media. Explain to your teammates what you did. Do a mea culpa that you were selfish. Acknowledge that all of them have been selfish at one time or another. And then move along. It's enough now. Okay. We're going to get to... Uh, St. Louis Cardinals get to play baseball tomorrow. We're going to get to that. But uh, first... So on nothing personal, we have tended to be critical to the NCAA. And I think it was yesterday's show or maybe it this was this week's show. I don't remember which when it was, but we talked about the NCAA and wondered what, what do they actually do? And where was Mark Emmert, who is the 
head of the NCAA. What, what, what is his position? Because college football, it's anarchy right now. You've got some conferences playing. You've got some conferences not playing. It's, it's, it's a disaster. So on the show this week, I said, hey, your silence is deafening. Well, he watched the show and he now speaks. The title of this segment is Mark Twain Had It Right. Do you like how we just tied in Mark Twain to the last segment and to this segment when it wasn't even part of the rundown, Coca? We did it both ways. I thought that was sort of impressive. So Mark Emmert had a quote, it's too good not to give to you. And then I want to talk about why he would even say this. So he came out yesterday saying that he still wants to find a way to have NCAA Division I championships, but just not in the fall. So he believes that fall sports will eventually turn into winter sports and spring sports this season. And uh, he wants to create an actual championship for all these sports. Remember, the NCAA, he can't talk just about football. And by the way, he has nothing to do with the FBS, but he has to talk about all the other sports that are out there, all the other fall sports. So he said, my staff has been working hard on it and talking to a lot of commissioners, all of them, all 32 of them in Division One, And there are ways to do this. I'm completely confident that we can figure this out. If schools and conferences want to move forward and try and have it, and more than half of them want to do it, and that's surely the indication now, then let's do it. We can use the fall to keep kids healthy, keep them engaged with their coaches and their athletic departments, focus on their academic success, work with them, let them practice and stay ready to play. Then let's go compete at that time. Oh, he's spoken. Thank you, Mark. What did you say? I don't even get it. Are you supposed to be complimented that you spoke to the 32 Division I commissioners? That's your job. That's like the commissioner wanting a bonus because he speaks to all the owners. That's like me saying to the owner, listen, I'd like a bonus because I did meet with the CFO two days ago and I even saw the head of marketing and sales yesterday. Yes, I'm meeting all of my VPs and senior VPs, but that's over the course of a couple of weeks. I mean, I can't see them every day or talk to them every day. It's too much. Focus on their academic success. That's important. I'm confident we can figure this out. So when you're writing in your resumes or you are talking or writing an article or you are um, trying to look as though you are intelligent, here's what you don't say. I'm completely confident that we can figure this out because what that means is you have absolutely zero confidence that you can figure and work anything out. Instead, what you say is, I know that we will come to a solution because I have met with all 32 commissioners and worked through our view of what the solution will be. I am taking their input. It will be tweaked and then released as soon as complete so that all students, all faculty, all coaches, and all fans will understand exactly what we are doing with fall sports. Now, that is a statement that comes with confidence. 
That's a statement. When you are telling someone that you're going to do something, that's you saying that it's not that you're going to do it. You are doing it. It's not that there's a chance you'll figure it out. It's done. Don't say we can't figure it out. We can work it out. That's a song by the Beatles. I think it's called We Will Work It Out. We will work it out. Or is it we can? Anyway, it's actually may, not can. Okay. So, by the way, something on Mark Twain, the Coco wants me to get out there. There is no substantive evidence that this popular adage was coined or employed by Abraham Lincoln or Mark Twain. Which means what you're saying is that what I just made up, that I give credit to Mark Twain, may not have been said by Mark Twain. Okay. Well, Abraham Lincoln and Mark Twain can take whatever credit they want because I'm going to give it to them because I think it's great. And believe me, I've thought a lot about that because my mouth tends to be open a lot. Smile more. Talk less. Okay. So you want to talk to Samson's coming up, Coca. Do you have that sound? <laughs> I want to talk to you play it again, Coca. I was talking during that. You know what I want. I want to talk to Samson. That doesn't get old. By the way, get into my Instagram at David P. Sampson or into my Twitter, David P. Sampson. Is that getting old for anyone? Because we're at episode, what's this, 197 today on August 14th, 2020, not counting the Sampson sit-downs and the bonus episodes. And that means we're hitting 200 next week, God willing. So in any case, I'm not sick of that. That's from the movie Half-Baked. Get into my DMs, and uh, I'm going to answer some questions. This was an interesting one that I thought. Um, I was asked to give my view of what happened before the Dallas Major League Soccer game yesterday. Anyone read about that? I don't know if that's getting enough attention. Last night, so MLS played in the bubble. They played this Challenge Cup in the bubble in Orlando. A couple teams tested positive before the bubble. They left. They couldn't play. MLS made it through the bubble. I don't think they had any additional positive tests. They really bubbled it right. They bubbled it right. There's a good expression. How could you bubble something wrong, right, if there's bubbles? Anytime, here's an adage coined by me. Anytime there are bubbles involved, good things happen. So Dallas and Nashville met in a game on Wednesday. So it's a couple days ago because today is Friday. And it's the start of now what I think they're calling in Major League Soccer as the home stadium part of the schedule. So teams are now actually playing in their cities. So they met in Texas and you know what's going on in Texas, all sides of Texas politically, what's going on with COVID, et cetera. So Dallas and Nashville are playing Wednesday night and uh, reports are that the players, this is not a report, this is a fact. The reports are that players were kneeling during the national anthem both teams kneeled, and that there was a quote-unquote smattering of boos, people, fans, booing. Now, first of all, you know, it's funny. Coca, we didn't even talk about this. Were there people in the stands? Who was booing? So I guess Texas is allowing some fans in the stands which is not shocking given that Jerry Jones has already explained that he wants fans. So they're socially distancing. They're sitting wherever they sit, sit over six feet apart. So there was a smattering of booze. And this is the first 
sporting event, I guess, that fans have been at. So maybe they felt like they had a lot to get off their shoulders, off their chests. One fan was even ejected at that game. So I guess I knew there were fans for throwing things at players, which is hard to imagine. That's an immediate ejection. But in any case, a smattering of booze. So there's a player on Dallas, and his name is Reggie Cannon. And candidly, I'd never heard of him. And the question is, what was his reaction? And his reaction was that you can't even have support from your own fans in your own stadium. It's baffling to me. As a team, we try to give the best possible product on the field. And these last six months have been absolute hell for us. Absolute hell. We had someone chanting USA, but they don't understand what kneeling means. They don't understand why we're kneeling. They can't see the reason. They think we're the ignorant ones. It's incredibly frustrating. I'm sorry to have this tone, he continued, but you have to call it for what it is. It hurts me because I love our fans. I love this club, and I want to see the support that the league has given us, that everyone has given us from our fans. So the question you're asking is, what's my view? And my answer is this. I am absolutely fine with fans booing as long as they're booing me for putting together a crappy team or they're viewing, they're viewing three, two, one. I'm absolutely fine with fans booing as long as they're booing at me or they're booing at a manager for making a bad on field decision or they're booing at a player for a mental mistake or a physical mistake or for being overpaid or for playing on a team that's terrible. You pay your money, you go to the games, boo away. I'm in. You can't assault me. You can't throw things at me. You can't throw things on the field. You can't get in the way of the game. You can't interrupt the peace of people watching. But if you want to boo, be my guest. But booing players who are kneeling for the anthem is a different story. And it is quite topical because we know there's a divide in the country. That's clear. We know it's a divide across political lines. That's clear. But what I was hoping that 2020 would do, and I thought this could be the year that it's going to happen, that tolerance of those who believe what you don't is increasing. That tolerance of people acting in a way that you wouldn't is increasing. Tolerance in a set of values, whether they are religious, political, ethical, moral, live and let live. I actually thought that we were going to make progress, notwithstanding the unbelievable increases in anti-Semitism, notwithstanding the unbelievable divide that's created by our political uh, uh, people in political office on both sides of the aisle right now. I thought that sports had a chance to be a leader in this regard. I thought sports by coming back and the way and that, that they are responsibly playing, that fans would be thankful for the effort that the players and management have made. Granted, these fans have lost their jobs. These fans have lost their normal way of life. The uncertainty going forward is off the charts. All of that is true. But does that give you carte blanche to then put your own political views onto someone else and boo them if they don't share what you believe? It doesn't. You have no right. And if I own that team 
or I were the president of that Dallas team, those fans would be ejected. Ejected because they have violated their right to be a fan in our stadium. The reason they violated is not that they disagree with players kneeling. You want to disagree? Fine. Stand up during the anthem. Put your hand over your heart and pretend that you know why they're kneeling and that it's not okay in your mind. Fine. But to interrupt the anthem with booing and chanting USA as though you're in the Olympics and you're chanting toward a bunch of East Germans who hate the USA in the middle of the worst of the Cold War because you've got someone who plays for a major league soccer team who believes that he wants to draw attention to the social injustice and constant systemic racism that he faces every day or that he's got empathy for the people who face it every day and wants to show that his support in this way Live and let live. Why would I go so far as to eject a pain fan? I would withstand the lawsuit because I'd win. You know why? Because every single fan is there because we say it's okay to be there. We have the right. Check out the ticket next time you go to a concert or a game. The people who run the facility where you're going to your event can kick you out for any reason, including they don't like your shirt. Any reason at all. Now, if you break the law, they can actually press charges. If you do public indecency, public exposure, public drunkenness, public lewdness, public urination. But if you just have bad taste, you can be kicked out. Now, you could say that could spawn racism or criticism or racial inequities, profiling. No, because at the end of the day, business wins out. We want fans in the stadium. We want fans who are paying to be in the stadium. But we are allowed to do what we think is right for the experience. And the experience includes for our players and it includes for our fans. So you asked me what my view is of what happened. My view is it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Again, Please don't misunderstand and take away when you think about how you would react to what happened in Dallas. Remember, I'm not saying that booing players is wrong. I'm all in. But they got to boo players for their performance, not for their beliefs. When we come back, we're going to review a movie that was suggested to me, and we're going to get to talk a little bit about those Cardinals. Uh, So please come back on Nothing Personal. This is a movie that you may want to watch. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425 right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back. So part of nothing personal. And uh, again, thank you very much for subscribing. Thank you very much for downloading, telling your friends. I appreciate everything about you. As you know, I watch a movie or a TV show every day. And it was suggested to me that I watched a movie called Summerland. I had never heard of it. Summerland is on pay-per-view. It cost, uh, I, I think I watched it on my cable pay-per-view, but I assume it'd be anywhere, you know, Amazon, et cetera. It was $6.99. And I had no idea what the movie was about, other than I was told, hey, it may be a good movie for you to review on your show. And I'm always looking for movies to review and because I watch one every day. So I'm always looking to, you know, have a sort of uh, an eclectic mix of reviews. Summerland is about what happened in during the Second World War in England um, when London was being bombed. By the way, if you're ever lucky enough to go to London, there's a museum there called the War Rooms, and it's where Winston Churchill spent the war, and it's literally the War Rooms, and, and they left them as is, and you can tour the War Rooms. They're obviously behind glass now, but you can. they were literally left as they are. A great, my favorite museum in London, and I'm normally an art museum guy, uh, but this one is phenomenal. So during the war, there were bombs going off in London all the time. They were being bombed. And so what they did is they sent kids to the country in England to protect the future of the United Kingdom. They didn't want all of their kids dying in the bombs because how do you keep a society going? Well, it involves a glass of wine, some sex, and then making sure the kids don't die and they get a chance to have a glass of wine and have some sex. So the kids go away. So this is a story about a boy who was sent out of London and ends up with a woman who is a crotchety young writer hates kids, hates people. The first part of the movie was very predictable. So you see this kid come into her life over all objections, and you think to yourself, well, this is easy because she's going to like the kid, the kid's going to like her, and she's going to become softer, and then that'll be the story. So it turns out that the actual story is that she was alone for a reason that you find out in act two. She does end up loving the child for a reason that you discover in act two that has nothing to do with what you thought it would be in act one. The cinematography is beautiful. It takes place in Kent, which is a place in England, suburbs. It is gorgeously shot. It's actually, and I don't have her name, I'm going to say Jenna Atherton, and I'm going to be wrong. It could be Jenna Atherton, Atherton, 
She actually was in Quantum of Solace and she played Strawberry Fields is how you may know her. Um, it's Gemma Arturon, Arturton, Arturton, Gemma Arturton, whatever. She is the lead and she's really good. The, who, the, the actor who plays the boy, I think his name is Lucas Bond, which is funny. I think his name is, Lu- is his name Lucas Bond, Coca? Because she was in a James Bond movie. That would be interesting because it could be their child together with Strawberry Fields. But in any case, if you have a chance to watch Summerland, I would definitely take advantage. Only in that it, it's a sneak up movie, meaning you think it's going slowly. You love watching it because it's beautiful to see. The dialogue, there are some incredible words. I want to give you a quote from, uh, from the movie that I wrote down. I write down movie quotes from time to time. And uh, this was a quote that just seemed apt to me. It's been sort of that kind of week. Bad news is bad news, however you tell it. There is nothing that makes it easier. So I haven't given away where that line is in the movie or why that line happens in the movie but I encourage you to watch Summerland. Okay, nothing personal pick of the day. We had a winner. Of course, we had a winner. I told you the Dodgers would beat the Padres because Chris Paddock really is more like a bullpen armor, middle of the rotation guy, not the ace. I just want to say that there is a one guy, one loyal listener we have. His name is Alex Page. And I know for a fact that he knew that the nothing personal pick of the day would hit last night, and it worked out to his financial advantage. So congrats to you, Alex. Let's go for two in a row because this one is a slam dunk. Are you aware of how much the Red Sox stink? I mean, they're so bad they couldn't win the game tonight if Garrett Cole only makes it three innings. They're still not going to win. The Yankees over the Red Sox. If you've got to lay up to $5 to win a dollar, do it. Don't be scared away. Garrett Cole, Yankees over the Red Sox. It's cheap. I get it. This is a cheap call, but I'm looking for another win. I want to get to one game under. I'm five and seven. Nothing personal. Pick of the day. Okay. Let's talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. We told you we'd get there. The St. Louis Cardinals have not played in 16 days. Remember when the Marlins sat out and all of the outrage over what happened with the Marlins? Coca confirmed to me, it is my recollection that the Marlins played on a Sunday against the Phillies and they opened up on the next Tuesday against the Orioles for a total of 10 days, a Sunday to a Tuesday. The Cardinals will now be out 16 days because their game tonight, Friday, August 14th, is postponed. And they are trying to play a doubleheader tomorrow. They want to have as close to 60 games as possible. And the way to get to 60 games when you've only played five, remember, the St. Louis Cardinals record is two and three. They are actually ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are three and 13, who are 10 games under. Remember, it's done by winning percentage. They're four games ahead of the Pirates already just by sitting down and not playing. That's like, we used to look at loss column, by the way. So they're two and three. They're 10 ahead of the Pirates in the loss column. We would look at it that way. But in any case, so it's a major lift for the Cardinals to get to 60 games. This is a subject that we tackled on a Samson sit-down that's going to be released uh, Saturday, August 15th with Jason Stark. Jason Stark is a Hall of Fame writer, 
you may have read his stuff on The Athletic. You may have seen him on TV. He's on TV all the time. A brilliant writer, a, a baseball historian, both past, present, and future. And uh, we had a very interesting 45-minute conversation that'll come out on August 15th tomorrow. You may have listened to it prior to this, and you would have heard us talk a little bit about the Cardinals and about the competitive integrity issues about what's going on. So MLB, as it's done every few days, has put out more schedule updates because they are trying as hard as they can to get all teams to play the same number of games because they're very worried with expanded playoffs and two teams going per division that you could actually have a team that is greatly benefited by only having to play 52 games versus 60 from a winning percentage standpoint. And where the Cardinals are in that NL Central division where you're dealing with the Brewers and you're dealing with the Cubs, you've got a real chance, you really do, and the Reds, that there's going to be a a few unhappy owners. So what baseball did, and the Cardinals, they released their schedule. So the three-game series that was scheduled against the Cubs is part of three doubleheaders at Wrigley Field. So let's just be clear what this means. The Cardinals were going to play the Cubs three times. Now, they didn't play those. They are still going to play those three games, but the next time will be part of these two seven-inning doubleheaders, two seven-inning games. So on Monday, August 17th, on Wednesday, August 19th, and on Saturday, September 5th, can you imagine that the Cardinals are being asked to play three doubleheaders against the Cubs? Then the games with the Pirates that were missed, they're going to be rescheduled as part of two doubleheaders. Okay, that's now five doubleheaders. What about the two-game series between the Twins and the Cardinals? Well, that's now going to be a doubleheader. Instead of playing it on two days, they're going to do it a doubleheader on one day. Now, the Detroit Tigers, they already had a doubleheader scheduled with the Cardinals. That one is just going to be played at a later date as a doubleheader. We just don't know when. What does this mean? This means that the teams playing the Cardinals are impacted as badly as the Cardinals, and they're not the ones with the outbreak. And that's the problem that baseball has, that the outbreak of one team is impacting more and more teams, and it is impacting the competitive integrity. And what we are now learning is that baseball is far more interested in getting to the postseason and making sure that it is as fair as possible so they can get the postseason money. I mean, listen, it's happening right now in the NBA, right? You've read all these articles about the Phoenix Suns who went undefeated in the bubble. They went 8-0 and didn't make the playoffs because Portland beat the Nets last night. So they're the number eight seed and they get to play the number nine seed, the Memphis Grizzlies, who came into the bubble as the number eight seed. And in order to make the playoffs as the eight seed, you have to beat the nine seed one time but the nine seed could be the eight seed two times and then they'd become the eight seed and then they'd be in the playoffs. Do you get this? Well, the reality is the Blazers actually have one more win because they played an extra game than the Suns and the Grizzlies. What if the Suns had a chance to go nine and oh in the bubble? Why not give that Suns a chance? The answer is because it's not reasonable for them to have that chance. No one promised them that going 8-0 in the bubble would get them into the playoffs. They knew they had to be in the 8 or 9 spot to get into the playing game. Just like in baseball, we were told, the industry, there's a dollar, they were told when this season started, it is very likely that not all teams will play 60 games. 
We are not going to bend over backwards, but in fact they have, to get every team to 60 games. We're going to use winning percentage. They outlined it. They made it clear from minute one that this was about the business of the postseason. And if you miss the postseason because you played fewer games, guess what? It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.